0: Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Hi, (laughs) y'all. So my name is Joanna, and when I was asked to share for a real Easter, I think my first thought was like, ah, but my English is not very good, lah. So (laughs) the second one was actually fear. You see, I grew up in a very Christian, conservative, Asian um, type of family in a little town in Malaysia. But those of you who know Malaysia, it's not actually a town. It's like a village between two mountains. So it's a very, very small town, very small. So when you think of small towns, you think, oh, everyone knows everyone, right? But I'm from an Asian Christian church. And that's even worse because everyone really knows everyone they'll be like, ah, oh, wow, I see that pastor's kid, ah, huh? who such a bright shirt, want to attract devil, huh? Or like, they're like, wow, spaghetti straps are for non-Christian girls. So I know you better cover your shoulders, girls. I'm kidding. No, but in Asian churches, it was like that. So that's how they knew me. And I'm not trying to play into the pastor's kid stereotype or elder's kid or whatever, but my, my parents were both on the board. So my mom was a children's pastor. My father was an elder. And my brother, he was like the student president. He was academic. So he was top kid in class. He was musical. And me, um, I had a very curious personality. <laughs> uh, and, and that got me into trouble a lot with like the aunties in church. You know, they'll be like, wow. They'll tell my mom lah, like, my mom would like my mom will get really upset because I'll get in trouble with her and they'll be like, Wow, do you see what Joanna was wearing today? Do you see who Joanna was mixing with some naughty girls? Do you see Joanna went to like the shopping mall to fight with some boys? You know, things like that. And um like I was really curious. I wanted to try everything, I wanted to be friends with everyone, different types of people. Um and I would say certain things that were not very churchy. Because I I don't think I really fit it in church, right? Despite being like the eldest kids or whatever. Because I always had this curiosity that, you know, why do people come to church? They have so much joy. They're like, oh, how are you, Auntie Margaret? Oh, very good. Praise the Lord. God is good. And I'm like, how do you get there? You know, like, how do you get there? Because like real life happens, right? The wounds of life happen. And like, how do you get that kind of joy? And I want to know the process, like, but everyone's just arrived for for me. At least I saw that everyone had arrived. And the thing is that because of, because of that, I think because of being gossiped and stuff like that, I think I always felt like a disappointment because I didn't really fit in the thinking of church. Like I didn't think I fit in with the joy that people had. So I think I grew up thinking, oh, I'm a bit of a disappointment, I'm not very clever. Uh, <laughs> And, and I think I begin to distrust people as well. So I just kept people at a distance because when people get closer, they can see your cracks, right? Um, so I remember thinking, okay, I remember thinking as a kid, I would like, be like, oh, you know what? People have been talking bad things about me. So they must have disliked me and I must have been a bad girl. But if I do good things and I'm a good girl then people will say nice things about me. That means when they say nice things about me, that means I'm a good girl. Um. So I started working very hard to fix what I was. And I wanted to present this like picture perfect person before God and, and men and say, hey, God, you know what? I know I messed up as a kid. I know I did all these things and I know I did, I did this to this person and I, I was like, I, I wasn't doing the right thing even by a non-Christian girl, but like, I wasn't doing the right thing, but look, I fixed, I fixed it. I fixed myself up. I, I wanted to present it nicely in a boy, and I'm like, I did good. I am a good girl. Um, but it was this thinking, right, was regardless of how I was made, who I was, my personality, everything. I was just like, I need to fit in to a good girl. and Like, what I understood was to be a good girl. Um, and so I decided that in order to be liked, In order to be accepted, in order to receive approval, I needed to do a bit of pretending. And so I'll be honest, even until today, my default mode is actually performance. So I'm a teacher and I I like performing and things like that. Um, But I find it really interesting that now I do believe that the God that Christian people talk about is a really real God. And by real, I mean authentic because because of that, because he loves authenticity so much and he loves who has made us to be, I think he interrupted my performance and um, to show me what what real love was or what authentic love was. Um, so up until two years ago, um, my performance was quite okay, actually. Um, I was able to finally play the stereotype of a good Christian Asian girl. Um, I stopped wearing <laughs> certain things. Um, and and then so the aunties stop talking bad story. They stop telling my parents bad stories about me. And they'll be like, "Wow, they'll tell their daughters. Wow, look at Joanna. She went to Australia. Never left the faith. And now she stopped wearing spaghetti straps. Now she's living the dream, you know. She's teaching. She got good money, huh? And then uh, Samoa, serve in church, you know. Oh, uh, I'm like, you know, I'll be honest lah. I liked it a lot. You know, I loved it. I loved the attention. I loved coming back to Malaysia. And they're like, oh, look at Joanna. And I loved it. You see, I never had anything to shine for. My brother was the academic. My parents were both, like, they had status. And, like, I had a curious personality. So now my personality is less curious. It's a bit nicer. It's not so mischievous. So you know what? I liked it. I liked it so much. But applause is always nice, right? But the thing about being on stage is that eventually the curtain has to close. In 2016, two years ago, my performance wasn't really cutting it anymore. Um, the thing about acting is that it's very tiring if you have to do it after lights out. Like you can do it for a while and it's all right. But after lights out, what happens is that you, you're, you're supposed to stop acting and, and like someone's supposed to be there behind the curtain loving you and I didn't have that. But that year, the, after the wounds of life happened, as life does, um, Like I think I began questioning all that all that I was taught about God, all that I was taught about the church, the culture, and everything. And despite trying my best act, I still had the people that I trusted um, still spread untruth about me, still spread gossip, still spread rumors. And that was really hurtful because... I knew that wasn't who i was and it happened again like it it just reminded it triggered what happened back then in malaysia and um and then also that year my brother had an injury and he tore three ligaments and because of that he couldn't really walk or drive around and so i decided that as a good sister as a good girl i'm gonna be a person that would care for him so i took time off work i took time off every single thing that i had my hand in and I just resigned and just decided I'm going to be his carer. But I think from years before my brothers and my relationship had been quite tensed. Because when I was pretending, I gave myself permission to judge other people for not pretending. F- to judge other people's process, right? Because I was like, I fit in now. I'm, I already have it together. I'm that one of those Christian girls that have joy in church every time you see me. And I would judge my brother for still being in the process. And because of that, even though I wanted to be the good sister then, even though I was performing, he rejected it. And rejection is always hard and it makes you come to terms with like, you're not all that really. And so um, it felt to me, like if I had a picture of who I was supposed to be or on stage, um, on Rotten Tomatoes, my performance will only rate at 38%. (laughs) And I'm like, that's a really bad rating. And so I, I began to feel really immense. I was so tired. I wanted to run to a new country. Um, I wanted to like stop everything altogether. I just wanted to stop. And so I decided to leave the church. <laughs> um, and I decided to also leave God because it was just too much to handle all at once. Um, and, but the biggest thing that sort of helped me, me back in a way like to officially do it was that my parents would be very disappointed. And you know, Asians, are they don't want to bring shame to their family, you know. Um, so I started to share this sentiment with a few close friends. And one of them told me this. She said, you can do what you need to do to figure this out. But God is still going to relentlessly pursue you. And you will know then that He is real. And then the ball is in your court. You decide what to do. Um, you see, I always wanted to see God move in thunder and lightning. When she said that, I was like, you better show up in thunder and lightning. You better be zapping a tree down or something. Then I know that you're real. Then I will repent of my ways or, you know, things like that. But what he did was that he brought broken pastors, senior pastors that were serving faithfully. And what they did was that they began to also question certain things. And they also begin to be sad or they also begin to feel hurt. And they would go to the back and they would tell, they would share all these stories so openly with me. Not me, not having me ask or lead the question there. Um, They brought like acquaintances because I never really trust anyone. I always had acquaintances. I brought, um, they brought acquaintances that showed me really practical love. um, Without judging or, and then they also brought friends who in my moments of like bipolar emotions, where I'll be like crying and then I'll laugh and I'll get angry and, uh, and they'll still speak love. They'll still speak love. They'll still speak purpose. They'll say, Joanna, you're just being human. Joanna, that is okay. You are allowed to feel certain things. You're allowed to react. Um, and so that was my thunder and lightning because I wasn't able to perform anymore. I wasn't able to pretend anymore because I was that tired that i had no willpower and I only had enough to just be who I am. Um, and just when I was, I experienced real love. You see, my pretending didn't heal the infections that the judgment brought or the cause or cause the infections to that the shame had brought to go away. But real love, what it does is that when you encounter I I think It invites you into vulnerability. It invites you into truth. And so after one of the random encounters, when I met the pastor and he shared with me that he he also struggled and like God in his grace also brought him back. I was like, you know, this is is cool. And so the next day, my mom was like, let's go to church. And I'm like, okay. And we sat at the back. um, And that day, I don't know what was preached, but I remember deciding to say yes. It was a very quiet yes. It was a very fearful yes. Um, And that day, I remember the words spoken over me that, Joanna, you are a good girl. You were a good girl and you are my good girl. And that was, I felt that that was God's words speaking over me and saying that you are mine. First and foremost, you are mine. And I found so much relief and love in those words. You see, I think when we encounter real love, like, we begin to love ourselves in spite of our scars, in spite of the things that happen to us, in spite of the being the victim or in spite of being the victimizer. And and come to terms that all of that can work out together for our good. And for it to work out for our good, God has God needs all of it he can't just, I, what I used to think was like, God, you can take my degree, but don't take my past. God, you can take, you know, my great family and the beliefs that they brought me up in, but don't take the part, the, the part that I was ashamed of myself or the part that I did this to this person. You can take this and you, you can't take that though. Um, I think that's the thing, like real love loves the whole picture. I can't just ask God to make a picture of the things that I want, but he makes a great picture. He makes a beautiful picture of even the broken parts or the the things that make me cry at night. So he takes everything. Um, And I think real love has allowed me the freedom to just be human. Um, It cannot be earned. It can only be given. And I had to learn to receive it. Um, And I read once that We don't think of our flaws as the glue that binds us to the people that we love, but it is. See, grace can only stick to our imperfections. Um, And those who cannot accept their imperfections can't accept grace either. So I'll admit I'm still a big work in progress. Um, I still find myself performing at times, but I know that love, real love, always pulls me back off stage. And I never will be alone in this process. That's what real love has done for me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.